Merry New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go as well as I thought. What's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you very much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And uh, before I get started, I want to wish you, as well as your family, a happy new year. Hope everybody, new year kicked off uh, the way that you wanted it to. And thank you very much for spending uh, time with your truly. Uh, on this edition, we're going to be talking about Saints running back Alvin Kamara and him testing positive uh, for COVID-19. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about some of the Saints uh, uh, players uh, that are going to be beneficial to them winning this week 17 matchup. Uh, first off, uh, look, I know everybody heard the news by now. I mean, my emails and my inboxes are flooded with people wanting to know what I thought about Alvin Kamara uh, testing positive for COVID-19. Uh, look, my thoughts are the same as yours. Um, this is terrible. Uh, this is horrible right here. This is uh, one of those things that you do not want to happen, especially uh, going into the postseason. And for those that may not understand, uh, let me help you. Uh, Alvin Kamara testing positive for COVID-19. Uh, that means that he has to sit out for uh, the minimum of 10 days. OK, uh, if the New Orleans Saints just so happened to play Saturday of next week, which is the wild card game versus the Arizona Cardinals or the Rams or whoever, or the Chicago Bears, then that means that Alvin Kamara would have to sit out the wild card game versus one of those teams. And that is huge, man. And look, I, I know what people are thinking, man. They, they probably ticked off. They're rolling their eyes. They're saying, man, the NFL is going to try to find a way to try to screw us over. You know, I, I get it, you know especially if the Saints play on Saturday. If he play, if the Saints play on Sunday of next week, then there's a there's a strong chance that he may uh, be able to play. But, you know, I'm not look buying into that. Look, I understand that the NFL, sometimes I do feel like they, they do have an agenda when it comes to the Saints. But I don't think this is one of those cases, man. Now, you know, Alvin Kamara is unfortunate. No, he tested positive for COVID-19. I don't want to go into, you know, speculation and all that kind of stuff there. Why? Uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, who he came in contact with. But I do know this, man. Alvin Kamara is very beneficial to this team. Uh, we've seen what he did against the Minnesota Vikings. He basically single-handedly beat that team uh, by himself, man, scoring six touchdowns uh, last week in a game. And we all know what he does, catching the ball out of backfield, being a blocker, being able to uh, dissect defenses, understanding different blitz packages and stuff like that. And that kind of helps. Uh, Drew Brees, you know, Drew Brees really counts on him, you know, when he checks the ball down for him to make something uh, out of nothing. So 
Alvin Kamara not being in a wild card game. Okay, that is very, very huge. Now, notice I said wild card game because um, I, I think that the New Orleans Saints have enough at the running back position with Latavius Murray and Ty Montgomery to be able to weather the storm in week 17 versus the Carolina Panthers. And I'm not looking past Carolina. I know Carolina Panthers, even though their record doesn't indicate it, they play extremely hard. Uh, those guys go out there and put their best foot forward every single game. Matt Rule and Joe Brady has those guys playing really well. Defensive coordinator has his defense playing really well. And, you know, those guys don't go out there and get blew out of the water. And when they do, it's very rare. So you got to give credit what credit is doing in that regard. But I do think the New Orleans Saints offensively and coach, you know, the way that they are coached, I think they have enough in order for them uh, to go ahead and win. And, and this is the thing, folks. You know, we've been talking about and complaining about uh, should guys play in week 17? Not all, but some of us. Some of us have been wondering, are we going to have certain guys play in week 17? Let's rest this guy. Let's start this guy. Let's get ready for the postseason. So, you know, if Elvin Kamara just so happened to not be able to play in this week 17 game, which most likely he won't, uh, I just think that as long as he's back by, you know, the wild card game, I think we should be fine. But all in all, look, it's going to be very, very tough in the postseason if you don't have Alvin Kamara uh, on your team uh, going into the wild card game of the playoff. Now, can the Saints win without Alvin Kamara? Uh, yes, but it's going to be tough. It is going to be absolutely tough because we know the type of person and the type of player that Alvin Kamara is. I mean, to me, he's the offensive player of the year uh, without a doubt. Okay, so when you're missing Michael Thomas – and when you were missing Emmanuel Sanders and when you were missing Marquez Callaway, when you were missing Drew Brees, uh, Alvin Kamara, you know what I'm saying, was the guy that stepped up and, and did what he needed to do in order to help the team and elevate the team. So this, this is going to be tough, man. I, I hate that this happened, especially uh, going into the postseason, but that's the way things are this season, right? Um, you have different people on, diff uh, on other teams as well. I think Shaq Barrett. And Devin White of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think they tested positive for COVID. Uh, you had a couple more players, you know, from the Cleveland Browns on last week. Uh, they, that was the, one of the main reasons why they lost to the Jets, because their wide receiver core wasn't there. And Baker Mayfield had to end up throwing the ball uh, to div, uh, tight ends. And then we know about the, the classic game of the Denver Broncos where they didn't have a quarterback. So uh, this does happen uh, i don't think that this is some kind of conspiracy theory uh you know that's going on with the new orleans saints or anything like that but i do feel like uh you know it's just unfortunate that this happened now uh, when you look at some of these other guys that need to step up in the absence in the absence of uh you know um of alvin kamara you have to think about latavius murray who i am very confident in you know i, I have a lot of confidence in, in, in latavius murray because every time his name or his number is called uh, he goes out there and he does something uh, very, very special. Rather be carrying the ball five yards a clip or, you know, he's out there, you know, toting the mail and doing a really outstanding job. You know, what gets lost in the, the whole Alvin Kamara six touchdowns on last week is Latavius Murray running the ball really well himself. I think Latavius Murray had about 72 yards off 11 or 12 carries, if I'm not mistaken. And he was averaging about six yards a clip. So, that tells me that Latavius Murray is ready for the postseason uh, just as much as any other player on the Saints team. And then you had Ty Montgomery coming back, uh, somebody that can help you in a special teams game. Uh, he had a, a pretty uh, decent return versus the Minnesota Vikings on one of the kick returns. 
And, you know, Ty Montgomery isn't Alvin Kamara, but I would like to consider him a poor man's Alvin Kamara. No disrespect to him. I mean, he's still a good player, but we know how dynamic Alvin Kamara is. Ty Montgomery can't give you that special dynamic, catching a ball out of the backfield, uh, running in between the tackles and doing some of the things that Alvin Kamara can do. Now, he can't do everything Alvin Kamara can do, but he can be serviceable uh, in the absence of Alvin Kamara. And then you could also add a little bit of Dwayne Washington in the game as well, a guy that has proven that he can carry the football. Uh, and you can use Taysom Hill also. You know, we know what Taysom Hill can do. Uh, you know, with the RPOs, you know, the quarterback draws and all these different other dynamics that he brings. So the New Orleans Saints offensively should be OK uh, if you combine the wide receivers of Emmanuel Sanders, Marquez Callaway for this game. Um, also, Adam Troutman coming on, you know, he seems like he's going to be legit. And Jared Cook, man, I mean, I understand that he has been a mixed bag. Um, you never know what you're going to get. One week he might come out there looking like he's playing lights out. And then the next thing you know, I mean, he's out there, he's missing in action. But I think that when you have those type of weapons, I think Drew Brees, the offense should be fine. Uh, defensively, they're going to be missing C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who also uh, landed on a COVID list. And this is huge also because we, uh, in a Huda Nation, we have grown to love C.J. Gardner-Johnson. We love this guy for uh, his, his his ability to be real, uh, his trash talk on the field, his ability to get into the heads of some of the receivers out there on the field. And also, man, just his toughness, man, a guy that is not afraid of any challenge. He goes out there, he's he's physical. Uh, he's not afraid to go out there, you know, get a pass card on him. And he he has that, that defensive amnesia that we love, right? The guy that he messes up one time just goes right back into it. So uh, he is definitely going to be missed. But uh, P.J. Williams will be taking his place. And look, before you roll your eyes, I I've been saying this since the beginning of the season. I believe that P.J. Williams is a much better safety uh, than he is at cornerback. And when he is a at playing at cornerback, him playing at the nickel is very, very uh, beneficial, you know, to the Saints. Because, you know, you can say what you want about uh, P.J. Williams, but he's one of the best tacklers on the Saints team. Uh, I just don't want him to be on the outside. I don't think he needs to play outside corner. That's when uh, he's on the island all by himself, and that's when he's going to get torched. But when he's playing inside of the nickel or he's playing at safety, he can be very, very serviceable. Uh, you're not going to have Marcus Williams in this game. Uh, Marcus Williams still dealing with that ankle injury. Look, take as much time as you need, Marcus. You know, we, we're going to need him uh, going into the postseason. So I think that, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, a guy that plays uh, close to the numbers, I think he's uh, really good at his position. And also DJ Swearinger is not a, a slouch himself. The only thing you can be saying you can say about DJ Swearinger throughout his career is the fact that he's been injured everywhere he went. It, it never because he he never played tough. He wasn't a tough guy. Uh, he didn't you know play well. It was always due to injuries. I don't think he would be the journeyman that he is if it wasn't for those injuries that he sustained throughout his career. But he's a guy that's a sure tackler. He's a guy if he gets close to the football, he can't intercept the ball. And we also know about uh, Jenkins and Lattimore, who I'm just. And I, I just hope they can get to the postseason. I don't want to see any injuries on the outside because that is definitely uh, going to hurt. And also, you know, there are reports that uh, Patrick Robinson has uh, been removed off the IR list, which means that most likely he's going to be ready for the postseason. So that's going to be great uh, for the New Orleans Saints from a debt uh, perspective. And also you get an extra week of uh, Drew Brees uh, being a little bit more healthier. You know, them having a, a long week, you know, them playing on Friday, not having to play you know, on Sunday, that gave Drew Brees a little bit of extra time for him to rehabilitate and, and get himself uh, ready, you know, for 
another football game. Now, I am expecting something more out of Drew Brees. Yes, he did have 311 yards, uh, but he did have two interceptions. And, you know, that there was some opportunities where he could have had more. But, look, I'm not going to go into that because there have been great – there have been many um, possibilities that it ball should have been intercepted, guys couldn't catch, uh, you know what I'm saying, the, the luck of the draw, so to speak, you know what I'm saying, ball hit the ground. So I'm not going to even buy into that. It just happens, okay? Uh, you can say one of those interceptions shouldn't even happen. You know, if Manuel Sanders probably would have just batted the ball down or it would have went out of bounds or something like that, but that's just the way that the ball bounces sometimes, no pun intended. But I, I, I just want to say uh, Drew Brees, I mean, he has to play a little bit better. Um, you know what I'm saying? I understand that he's a little bit, he's a little bit careful these days. You know, you look at Drew Brees, he throws the football, he hurry up and tries to protect himself uh, from him taking that, that rib shot. And I think that because of that, uh, he, he's kind of uh, shortened some of his passes. Now, I just think that sometimes like when you look at some of the passes that Drew Brees threw in the game against Minnesota, it, it, it kind of, you know, threw the ball quick and, you know what I'm saying, tried to protect his ribs. And, and sometimes the ball kind of floated out there. Sometimes it was a little bit short. Uh, but I want to see Drew Brees uh, be able to uh, throw the ball where it needs to be. We know that Drew Brees is the most accurate quarterback uh, in NFL history. We know that he can throw the ball on time. He can throw the ball accurately uh, to his receivers. And look, at this stage in Drew Brees' career, look, I'm not expecting for Drew Brees to carry the New Orleans Saints anymore. Look, I've been saying this for, for weeks. Um, this is the time where the team needs to be carrying Drew. We know what Drew possesses. Drew Brees is going to go down as the greatest New Orleans Saint of all time. He's a surefire Hall of Famer. As soon as five years up after retirement, he is going to be in Ken. No doubt about that. But Drew Brees has carried this team when this team had absolutely nothing. No defense, no special teams. The only thing that they had was Drew Brees carrying this team because the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. And I just feel like that's hypocritical as Saints fans for us to just look at this team and always just bear, putting a burden on Drew Brees. When you have guys who are capable of doing things. All Drew Brees has to do is get the ball in their hands. And we've seen this before, folks. It's not like uh, it's something new. You know, we've seen guys at the twilight of their career get carried by other uh, positions on the team. Uh, we look at John Elway with the Denver Broncos, right? I mean, Terrell Davis, uh, Shannon Sharp, uh, guys like that were the guys that were carrying uh, the Denver Broncos. And not to mention they had one of the best offensive lines in football. Combine that with a, de a decent defense. They carried John Elway to that championship. Uh, you think about uh, Peyton Manning, who, who was out uh, most of the season, uh, and Brock Osweiler had to be the quarterback. When, when Peyton Manning came back, it was pretty clear that he was damaged goods during this time, and the defense carried him. I mean, Von Miller and the crew carried these, this, these guys and this guy to a Super Bowl championship. So the Saints have to rely on some of these other characters man these guys that are out here that that are playing really well defensively the guys that are uh, doing things offensively like the Emmanuel Sanders the Marquez Callaways the Michael Thomases when he come back and Latavius Murray's you know and if Alvin Kamara uh, comes back hopefully you know what I'm saying if he doesn't play we can still win that wild card game if we play in it but guys like this are going to be beneficial man I just think that we have come grown accustomed to Drew Brees carrying this team for so long that if anything looks kind of funny or out of place, you know, we're like, what's going on? And we start to blame Drew Brees. Well, look, I'm not trying to bite the hand that fed me. I'm not trying to bite the hand of a guy who legitimized 
you know, New Orleans Saints football all these years. And now that his body won't allow him to be the, the quarterback that we once knew him to be, I'm not going to go and poo-poo on him. Look, I said this before at the beginning of the season. I was very upset and very critical of Drew Brees. And I will, I will gonna, I'm going to eat my crow when it comes to that. But at the same time, when Drew Brees turned it around, when I seen Drew Brees uh, bring back the team against the Chargers, when I seen Drew Brees ball out against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, look, I know that Drew Brees is capable of carrying this team. Look, the thing about it is, can you do a week in, a week out? Mike Dettier, who was uh, who was on the show a couple of days ago, he talked about that. He talked about uh, his friend that was a running back for the Green Bay Packers, and they were talking about Adrian Peterson. And he was saying, like, the, the running back was saying, look, I can be great in this game, but I can't promise you I'm going to be great, just as great, the next week. And that's the same thing with Drew. I mean, we expect the 41-year-old quarterback to go out there and light it up every single week. You know, I mean, his body won't allow him to do that, man. If you if you don't believe me, I mean, look at yourself. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I have some people out there that are watching this or listening to this. You're, you're in your 40s, you're in your 50s, maybe even in your late 30s, and you think about how you were in your 20s. And I always use this example, man. When I was in my 20s, man, I can jump out of the gym, right? You know what I'm saying? I can jump out of the gym. You know what I'm saying? I can, I can, you know, dribble a ball on a fast break and jump so high I can just literally drop the ball into the rim without even touching it. But ask me to do that these days, ah, your boy feet barely even leave the ground, all right? And that's just how it is. I mean, it, it, it's nothing that's wrong with me. It just falls the time. Just the same thing with Drew Brees. It's fall the time. Fall the time is undefeated. And some of the things that you want to do, some of the things that you wish you could still do, you can't do those things anymore, man. Because of time, Drew Brees still is a formidable quarterback. He's still elite quarterback. And if push comes to shove and the Saints are in like one of those phone boot games, those offensive games where it's going to be tit for tat. Uh, yes. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Drew Brees can go out there and duel it out with some of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. But this is the thing, folks. You know, you can't expect for him to do this every single week. And that's why the defense has to step up the running game has to step up. The offensive line have to repeat what we saw in that Minnesota game on Christmas Day because we need all hands on deck to help Drew Brees, okay? Drew Brees still can get the job done, but there are going to be times where Drew Brees is not going to uh, do some of the right things because, you know, like I said, his body won't allow him to do that. He's 41 years old, so allow the defense to go out there and carry your quarterback, the running backs. I mean, take it as a, a civic duty go out there and say look i'm not going to rely on number nine to carry me today i'm going to go out there and i'm going to do my part and i'm going to have number nine count on me and know that i'm going to be where i need to be i am going to make the plays in order to put the ball back into number nine hands because we know that he's going to make the best decision uh, more times than not so that's the way that i look at this and when we look at the week 17 game uh of, against the, the the carolina panthers I look at it this way. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he won't have Christian McCaffrey. He won't have Mike Davis. Uh, those are two guys that can run the football, catch the ball out of the backfield, and also help with pass protection. What do I expect from the Carolina Panthers? I expect a lot of three-step drops. I, I expect Teddy Bridgewater to get the ball out of his hand quite quickly. I don't look for five or seven-step drops in this game, uh, even though they have some guys that can get behind cornerbacks like DJ Moore, uh, like Robbie Anderson, uh, like Curtis Samuels, these guys can't get behind uh, a quarterback, you know what I'm saying? I mean, get behind a cornerback, but this this is one of those games where I don't expect for them 
uh, to really take too many deep shots down the field. And I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to turn the ball over or anything like that, but you definitely got to get pressure on Teddy. Uh, you got to make things kind of uh, nerve-wracking for him. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is a guy that uh, will take that sack uh, because he does not want to turn the ball over. And that's something that we respected uh, from Teddy Bridgewater. You know, we, we respected him because we knew most likely, even though he may not throw the ball down the field, he may not get it to his receivers, but he's not going to turn the ball over. And the Saints are going to have to get more pressure on Teddy Bridgewater than they got last time. Because, I mean, that guy was able to knit a sweater in a pocket uh, the last time the Saints uh, played the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he was back there going uh, through his progressions, man. I mean, this guy can go out there, sip a little bit of tea. He can knit a sweater. He can say hey to his people out there. And then he can throw the football. The Saints have to make sure that they get pressure. And I don't know if Trey Hendrickson is going to play in this game. If it was me, I would set him out. But Marcus Davenport has definitely got to step up, man. I mean, I don't know if Marcus Davenport has on cleats or ice skates. Because every time this guy gets close to the quarterback, here he goes slipping and sliding all over the place. I mean, I just don't understand it, man. I don't understand how this guy just completely just whiffs on sacks all the time. It's like, I don't know if he just over pursues the guy or what. You know what I'm saying? And he just, you know, the guy just leaned forward and he maybe just, you know, guy shakes him out of his shoes or something like that. So he falls on the ground to save the embarrassment. But in the process, now he's getting the reputation of being one of the greatest ice skaters in New Orleans Saints history because he's always sliding on the ground. Look, Marvin, Marcus Davenport, a lot of lot was invested in this guy, a lot. You know, like he's a guy who can do some really good things. Uh, he has taken a step back when it comes uh, to run stopping. It got so bad uh, to a point where uh, they were they were actually running um, to the left side. I'm talking to Minnesota Vikings. Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings were constantly running to the left side on him, and they were getting positive yards. It got so bad at halftime that the New Orleans Saints switched uh, Cam Jordan uh, from the right to the left. And after that, you know, Delvin Cook uh, basically got neutralized. But this guy is the weak link on, on this side, you know, on the left side. And I think teams are going to start running to the left side. And we know that how teams uh, are, are structured in the playoffs I mean, they look at every nook and cranny of your team. They look at every little minor detail and they look at some of those things that your team lacks in and they try to use it as an advantage. And I'm telling you right now, if a team has a running game, let's just say, for example, if you pull a card and you have to play against the Rams in a wild card game of the playoffs and they got Cam Akers and they got a, a, a different fleet of uh, running backs, those guys are going to be running to the side of Marcus Davenport and he has got to be ready. And not to mention, man, look, man, you got to be able to get to the quarterback, dude. You know, you got to be able to get to the quarterback. You got to be able to get those tackles for loss. You got to be able to get those hurries. I just don't understand how a guy like Marcus Davenport, who has a lot of promise, just does not live up to it. I mean, he I'm not going to call him this yet, but he is slowly starting to get into that territory of the word I like to call bust. Absolute bust, man. Straight up. Like, you, you got to go out here and have a great performance in this postseason. And and honestly, this is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, this would be his first time playing in the postseason if he can stay healthy in this Week 17 game. So I'm looking for him. Uh, I'm looking for Cam Jordan to step it up. Uh, I'm looking for Trey Hendrickson to step it up when they get to the postseason. But in this game in particular, I'm looking at Marcus Davenport, man, because you have guys that are going to be out in this game, and he needs to step up, man. He needs to have a game. 
every now and then Marcus Davenport has a game where you like, okay, man, maybe I, I see what the Saints saw in him. I've seen it in a game versus the Redskins. I've seen it in a game versus the Minnesota Vikings a couple years ago on Sunday night. But I have yet to see a game from Marcus Davenport where I can just say, man, this guy is really doing his thing. To me, this year, he has taken he has taken steps way back. Like, usually, like, you'll see some promise in him and be like, okay, man, you know, he'll get it together. But in this particular case, I haven't seen anything out of Marcus Davenport that, that makes me believe that this guy – can do some, you know, can be a, a guy that can have a C on his chest in the future or even be a part of this Saints team. First off, uh, I don't think he's physical enough. That That's just my my honest assessment. Uh, I don't think that he's tough enough. And if he just so happens to look at this video, uh, I'm just being honest, man. I'm questioning the heart of Marcus Davenport, man. A lot of these guys out here, they got the talent, they got the skill, but sometimes I feel like when they go up against guys that may be a little bit more nasty here, than they are maybe talk a little bit more trash or maybe it seems like that guy you know uh maybe has a reputation for being good maybe these guys take a step back and they curl up in a corner i don't know what's going on but marcus davenport this guy has to play a little bit more physical he has to play a little bit he has to play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder man look i mean look i know guys have quiet demeanors i understand that guys are you know, kind of to themselves. Everybody is not going to be as animated as a George Kittle or Rob Gronkowski or even a Cam Jordan of this of this um, matter. But you want to have, you want to see a guy have a little bit of a, a, a edge, you know, a, something that makes this guy tick. And I don't see that with Marcus Davenport. I, I see a lackadaisical, uh, just laid back. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, you know. I don't know. Like, like, come on, man. Like, wh where's the passion? You know what I'm saying? Where's the energy? Where's the enthusiasm? Like, I don't really see that. I, I don't see, like, you see guys flying around the football and, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and being excited and stuff like that. Like, I don't get that from him. It's like, if he tackles somebody, it's like, I, I don't know, man. It's like, it's like one of those guys that, that just be out there on the team and everybody else is having a good time and he just out there because he's big and tall. That, that's, that's what it looked like to me. So I am questioning the heart of Marcus Davenport because he has taken steps back. And I'm very, very disappointed at what I've been seeing out of this guy. And I don't know if he's dealing with injuries still and he's just out there giving it the old college try. But, man, if he's not doing that, then, I mean, the Saints have to believe at this particular time, like, they're wasting uh, their time on this guy because, I mean, there's no reason why a guy that's a, a first-round pick uh, should be a backup to a guy that was, was, was drafted in the fifth round, even though Trey Hendrickson is incredible. And I feel like uh, he he was, he was wasn't supposed to be uh, drafted in the fifth round. But at the end of the day, bruh, like you got to play a little bit more tougher. Yeah, I'm questioning a lot of the heart of some of these guys out there. Another guy is Andrews Pete. You know, we've seen James Hurst uh, play the guard position on last week. I mean, and we've seen him uh, peeling back defensive ends, you know, pushing them back. Uh, I want to see what Andrews Pete is going to do. Uh, Coach Sean Payton has called him out. I mean, they've given him a five-year contract. They, they have invested their money in Andrews Pete. So if Andrews Pete is not going to go out there and perform, then I say put in James Hurst, man. But I just think that the Saints, when it comes to the running game, I think Andrews Pete is a much better run blocker than he is when it comes to pass protection. But look, you get paid to be an offensive lineman. You don't just get paid to run block. You got to be able to pass protect too. And he has to make sure that, you know, he, he plays, man, he plays tough, man. Like I said, these guys, I, I just don't understand it, man. These guys have this, this great upside. But when it comes to them being out there on the field, I mean, they playing soft as marshmallows. Like, what is going on here? So 
I, I expect things out of Andrews P. And I definitely expect things out of Davenport going forward because, like I said, the now the blueprint is out. You run to the left side, you're going to get positive yards. You run to the right, not so much. So what is he going to do? I have absolutely no idea, but I'm expecting more out of Marcus Davenport. Uh, defensively, look, like I said, I want them to try to get pressure on uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, offensively, look, I just need them to sustain some drives. Uh, try to run the ball, you know, play ahead so you don't have to worry about playing from behind and having Drew Brees throw the ball all over the place and leave him susceptible to possibly taking some rib shots or even some more damage to his body. So let's try to start fast. Uh, even if you try to go out there and, you know, run the football, control the time possession, you know, slow down the pace, get a couple field goals or something like that, then it, it should be fine. You know what I'm saying? It should be fine. But as long as you are in the game and you don't throw yourself out of the game and you're not down 10 nothing and you're not down 14 to nothing, let's try to make sure that we stay close where we don't have to completely wipe out uh, the running game in order for us to win this football game because I feel like that's when the Saints, uh, you know, be outside, you know what I'm saying, be outside their realm and they end up losing football games because they try to throw the ball to get themselves back into the game. And that's exactly what teams want. As crazy as that sounds, that is what teams want. They want <laughs> Drew Brees to throw the football. That may sound crazy as I don't know what, but it's true. They don't want they don't want the Saints to run the football. They want Drew Brees to throw the football because they know that Drew Brees most likely is not going to throw the ball over their heads. He's going to keep everything uh, between five to 10 yards. And, you know, honestly, that's almost like an extension of the running game <laughs> because, you know, if you're running a football, they say the average is well, about five yards, right? So if, if they can keep everything like in that vicinity, they're fine with that. You know, they, they can do rotations. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They can, uh, they know that Drew Brees isn't going to run out of pocket or anything like that. So if they can have Drew Brees throw the football more than the Saints actually running it, but if you have, uh, the Saints running the football. The day you have Drew Brees possibly doing play action, that's when uh, the floodgates are going to be wide open. So uh, hopefully the Saints can run the football in this game, keep the ball out of Drew Brees' hands, uh, You know, make it a pretty relatively easy day for Drew Brees. Let's get Taysom Hill involved in a passing game. Also, let's uh, get him some reps. And uh, if we can just so happen to get this game over with uh, by halftime of the third quarter, we can rest Drew Brees and Jameis Winston can come in. And that's something that, would be very, very beneficial and important uh, to the Saints going forward. So if they have to make sure that they stay on top of the Carolina Panthers. Don't take this game lightly. I do have the Saints winning this football game. Uh, I think the Saints are going to win this game uh, by a score of 30 uh, to 16. I think that the Saints are going to win this football game 30 to 16. Look, it's playoff time, folks. It's playoff time. And look, I need to see something out of the New Orleans Saints. We need to see a sense of urgency because – Look, you cannot be out here half-stepping, gliding and sliding into the playoffs, okay? You can't be out here uh, playing around with a divisional foe uh, going into the playoffs. You need to be playing your best football going into the postseason. You can't be out here uh, playing around, joking around. You you got to go out here and put your best foot forward because regardless if you want to believe it or not, uh, you, you going into the postseason playing in a wild-card game, uh, you know, if, if you go out here and lose or be around here playing sloppy and slow, it is going to be an indication of how uh you are going to play in the postseason. And we've seen this, man. The Saints were dejected last season, okay? When they destroyed the Carolina Panthers in Week 17 and the Green Bay Packers uh beat the Detroit Lions and I think it was like the last minute 
uh, last uh, 52 seconds of that game, the Saints were dejected. And the Saints went into that Minnesota Viking game thinking like, man, we don't even supposed to be here. We're 13 and three playing in a wild card round. What kind of BS is this? And they just thought that they weren't supposed to be here. They came out flat. They came out disinterested. And then the next thing you know, they're on the outside looking into the playoffs. The Saints have to take this game serious. They got to take every single game serious going forward or they're going to be on the outside looking in. And as a Saints fan, look, I can take the Saints putting their best foot forward and losing in the playoffs. I can, man. Maybe not you, and I understand why. But if they put their best foot forward and they actually lose in the postseason, look, I can live with that, okay? It will be hurtful. Don't get me wrong. But I can live with that. But if they're going out there playing sloppy, playing some of their worst football like it's a week four matchup or something like that, then I am going to be ticked off as a fan. And I think you should be ticked off too. The Saints need to be playing their best football. They need to go out here and they need to make a statement, okay, and let the chip fall where they may. You had an opportunity to play against the Green Bay Packers and you lost against the Green Bay Packers, okay? That's not a that's not a guarantee uh, that things might not fall in your favor. Like I said, if you are the two seed, I would rather be a two seed than a three seed because let's just, let's just say the divisional round, a team goes up to Lambeau and they beat the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau and you're the two seed and you win the divisional round. Guess what the NFC championship game is going to be? See, everybody just expects the Green Bay Packers to win the divisional round of the playoffs. They expect the NFC championship game to go through Lambeau, but that's not a guarantee. Any team can be any other team on any given Sunday. And just because the Green Bay Packers would be 13 and three or 12 and four or whatever, does not mean that those guys won't lose in a divisional round. And if you are the two seed and you handle business in a wild card and you handle business in a divisional, the NFC championship game can be in New Orleans. So it all will not be lost, okay? It won't be lost. And even if you do have to go out to Lambeau Field, it's not like you're going up against uh, 60,000 people inside of uh, on, in Lambeau Field, you know, screaming their, their lungs out. And, you know, there's nobody going to be inside of the stadium. So it's going to be your best against their best and let the best team win. So not concerned about that, okay? Home field advantage is just beneficial to resting up your, your extremities. But if you think about it, folks, like some of the people that we're mostly concerned about, I mean, come on, man. These guys have missed time already. Drew Brees has missed about a month of football. Uh, Michael Thomas has missed relatively most of the season. He's uh, missed about four games. You know what I'm saying? Three, he put a, he's been put on IR. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying leading to this. I think he missed a total of my, maybe like maybe like eight eight games. Is he seven or eight or something like that? But anyway, uh, you know what I'm saying? He missed an ex, uh, extended amount of time. You got Marcus Williams. I mean, he hasn't played. This is, I think this is going on maybe his, his second game. You know what I'm saying? Second straight game. So, I mean, he's going to be coming back because he has about three weeks of rest. Uh, to Ryan Armstead, a guy who normally would miss a couple games. I mean, he was sitting out. I mean, it's unfortunate that he was on a COVID list, uh, but he missed two games because of it. So he's relatively healthy. Um, Andrews Pete, you know, who, who has been dealing with issues, uh, he's starting to come back. You know what I'm saying? He should be playing in this game on Sunday. So it's not like the Saints uh, have some issues at, at, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to injuries that these guys haven't had opportunities to kind of rest up and, and, you know, and get themselves ready for it. So the wild card game, the Saints should be all hands on deck. Hopefully Alvin Kamara can be back by that time. Hopefully the game is on Sunday or hopefully, you know what I'm saying? The Chicago Bears handle their business and the Saints handle their business 
and the Seattle Seahawks handle their business, and the Saints can be the one seed. Okay, so that is what I'm expecting, you know what I'm saying, from the New Orleans Saints. Regardless, I expect for them to put on a stellar performance, a performance that shows that they are ready for the postseason and 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 not worry about uh what's going on with the Green Bay Packers and not worry about what's going on with the Seahawks. Leave all that alone. You know, like you cannot control that. You had an opportunity to control your own destiny, and unfortunately, you didn't get the job done. You didn't get the job done. So that's the way I look at it. The Saints handle your business, let the chip fall where they may, and be content whatever the outcome is, not like you were on last year when you were just dejected and felt like you shouldn't even be playing in a wild card round, okay? Look, forget about all that. You only can control what you can control, all right? That's the way I'm looking at it. And finally, um, uh, I heard that uh, the Saints were actually working out uh, two uh, place kickers uh, in practice this week. I think Canzaro, a uh, guy who played for the Arizona Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken. And they also, uh, uh, Blair Walsh. Blair Walsh, uh, you probably remember him famously uh, for missing the extra point uh, <laughs> in the Minnesota Vikings game uh, when they were playing in a, a wild card game versus the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, he ended up missing a field goal. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, uh, this, this is something that's very, very alarming, you know, because you have to ask yourself, what is going on with Will Lutz and, and what has been going on to a point where they have to bring in place kickers? Uh, I think uh, Bl- uh, uh, Blair Walsh, Will, Will Lutz is 21 to 26 this season, uh, one of his lowest percentage since he was a rookie. Uh, he has definitely has not been living up to his, uh, his his nickname, as I like to call him, Will Clutch. Uh, he hasn't missed an extra point this entire season, but I just think that the Saints are, are extremely worried about it. Look, I don't know what's going on with Will Lutz. Uh, me personally, I think he's hurt. There was one game where he actually came up kind of funny. Uh, I don't, I don't remember what game it was. Or maybe it was the Kansas City Chiefs or one of those games where he actually was uh, hurting. You know, what I'm saying grabbing the back of his hamstring. So I don't know if he's just out there like not, you know, addressing his in- injury. Maybe uh, the team knows about it or something like that. But look, I'm not ready to give up on Will Lutz. I think all kickers have like that you know, that little dry spell, you know what I'm saying? Those little, you know, little issues and stuff like that. But it all depends on if they can kind of get themselves together. Can they weather the storm? Can they overcome this type of adversity? I mean, we've seen this on, on several occasions, man. We've seen uh, the guy, um, I can't think of his name, but he played for the Cleveland Browns a couple of years ago and they played the Saints and he missed all those field goals. And all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying, like I remember Will Lutz going to him after the game and told him to keep his head up. And now I think that guy is out there kicking uh, for the Arizona Cardinals and um, he's been doing an outstanding job. Uh, we looked at, uh, you know, Mason Crosby, I mean, missed a couple field goals. Uh, and the Green Bay Packers did not give up on him. You know what I'm saying? They still kept him and uh, he was able to overcome uh, some of the things that he was dealing with. So I have a lot of confidence in Will Lutz. Uh, I just think that this is the Saints way of trying to get his attention uh, trying to get him to wake up. Uh, I, I do feel like Will Lutz is a guy that you want to keep on your team. Uh, uh, Sean Payton is as ranting raved about him. He said this guy's going to be kicking uh, way after I'm, re- you know, after I'm done. And I really believe that, man. And I'm, I don't want to see Will Lutz uh, lead the New Orleans Saints team. I still think he has some things to offer. Uh, but at the same time, man, this is this is a game built on results, okay? And it is what have you done for me lately? And uh, there have been opportunities where Will Lutz can kick a field goal to give the Saints a go-ahead lead or 
uh, keep the Saints in a game, and he hasn't done that. And you can say, oh, it's been some 50-plus yard field goals, but look, man, when they when they bring you out there, they expect for you to make these field goals. And look, I, I feel like uh, with Will Lutz, I mean, he's won us a couple games uh, this season. Uh, he won us the game, if I'm not mistaken, versus the Chargers. Uh, he, he won the game versus Chicago Bears in overtime. Uh, so that's the way that I look at it. That's the way that I feel about it. So uh, it is what it is, man. You know, uh, you got to go out there and you got to perform. And hopefully we'll let to be able to perform uh, in, in a week 17 game and going into the postseason. Uh, will Lutz has given us some great memories in the Who That Nation, and I don't think he's done yet. But I would love to hear from you. Uh, what do you think about Alvin Kamara uh, testing positive for COVID-19? I also would like to know your predictions. Uh, for the week 17 matchup versus the Carolina Panthers. And what do you think about the Saints bringing in some place kickers uh, to compete with Will Lutz? Comment down below, like, and share this video. This has been the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast, facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. And also previous episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, and also, look, for all my wrestling fans out there, for all my wrestling fans out there, I have a new podcast entitled TJ Knows Wrestling Podcast. And I just started episode number one. I just kicked off episode one, focusing on Brett the Hitman Hart. Now, this is a podcast that er everybody knows that I do podcasts based on things that I'm passionate about. And I really love wrestling. I've been watching wrestling my entire life. So thought it would be only right that I start a podcast that focus on some of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, it's just basically me picking a, a wrestler and giving my honest opinion about them, talk about some of their achievements. And uh, I, I really enjoy doing it. So first episode, we focused on the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, the excellence of execution of Brett the Hitman Hart. And you can check that out on YouTube, youtube.com, uh, search TJ Knows Wrestling. And the link will be in the description. So I encourage everybody that likes wrestling, uh, please support uh, TJ Knows Wrestling Podcast because uh, that is the podcast that's going to be premiering uh, every single week uh, on YouTube. So please, uh, please support me, uh, support the uh, TJ Knows Wrestling Podcast. If you're a wrestling fan, once again, the description will be down below. Till next time, I am TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints Podcast. And all I got to say is, 